Speaking in law, this is D.K. Groove with Rock Solid Truth, and I'm so glad that you have joined us for the Rock Solid Truth broadcast. And then this is the day that the Lord has made, and I pray that you are rejoicing in it. You are walking in the abundance of it that, and being a partaker of all that God has given unto you. We are into our 15th lesson in our series, Abounding in the Power of the Holy Ghost. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for the abundance of that word, that we may walk in the abundance of all that you've imparted to us through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll give you all the praise, and I'll thank you and praise you, Lord, for the eyes that will see and the ears that will hear concerning this message. We'll give you all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen. For the past couple of weeks, I have been trying to impress upon you through the Word of God that the root of all sin is being out of relationship with God. The basis of our action pertaining to sin is that we are not in relationship with God the way that we should be. I need to say that again. When you look at our actions, our actions will tell you whether or not we are in relationship with God the way that we should be. And this is the place where the Holy Ghost is going to convict you. He's not going to convict you of your individual sins, but what he is going to convict you of is a relationship that is not working and not flowing as it should in that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the area where the Holy Spirit is always going to deal with you. It's in that place of relationship. And always about bringing you into a relationship that is positive, not negative, but positive in that relationship. Look at John chapter 16, verse 8. There is only one sin in this world. All sins have been forgiven except for one sin. And that one sin is not believing in Jesus. Look at John 16, verse 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Verse 9, and of sin because they believe not on me. It's not murder that's going to send you to hell. It's not adultery that's going to send you to hell. What's going to send you to hell is not believing on Jesus. That's what's going to send you to hell. All of the sins of the world have been atoned for. They've already been paid for. The ransom has been paid. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 tells us that. And he is the propitiation for our sins. Now, watch what it says. And not for ours only, not for yours and mine only, but for the sins of the whole world. The only sin in the entire world that has not been forgiven is the sin of not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. So that means that the murderer, the rapist, the molester, the child abductor, the the adulterer, the thief, the cheat, the liar, the drunk, the drug addict, the prostitute, the rebellious, 
all of these manifestations are of one sin. And that one sin exists in the world today, not believing on Jesus. But you're not going to be convicted of those individual sins. So that means that the religious person, the churchgoer, the tithe payer, the Sunday school teacher, the youth leader, the volunteer that is without relationship with Jesus Christ becomes guilty of the same sin of not believing on Jesus Christ. And you know what this one sin does? It levels the playing field. It levels the playing field for everyone. All people in hell will be there because of one sin. And there will be no different degrees of sin. The adulterer, the murderer, and the individual who is a good person, who goes to church but has not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, they will be there too. Because all sin are going to be because of they not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. There will be no different degrees of sin. No discussing about what you've done or the experiences that you've had. There's one rampant sin. The only sin will be not believing on Jesus Christ and having no relationship with him. That's powerful. That means that the adulterer, and I need to say this again, the adulterer, the murderer, the terrorist, and the person who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're, they're all guilty of one sin, not believing on him. All actions of sin are manifestations of not believing on him. And then someone's going to ask, well, then how is, how is it that Christ was tempted in all points, like as we are in Hebrews 4.15? Look at Hebrews 4.15. Let's, let's deal with this for a moment. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. If your outlook on sin is the manifestation of individual sins, then the scripture cannot hold true. I need to say that again. If your outlook on sin is the manifestation of individual sin, then the scripture that Christ was tempted in all points like us cannot hold true. Because Christ was not tempted with drugs, with alcohol. He wasn't tempted with corporate greed, with divorce. He was not tempted in our culture as we are tempted. But he was tempted as all people of the world are tempted. He was tempted as Adam was tempted. The sin of Adam was not about the tree that he partook of. The sin of Adam was not following, the sin of Adam was not about following his wife because she wanted to have what she was not supposed to have. The sin of Adam was that he stopped trusting in what God had said. And he stopped believing in what God had proclaimed. And he started believing a talking snake 
who had talked to his wife. His real sin was the sin of believing a talking stake instead of believing what God had to say. There was a choice that was made. Either hear what the talking snake had to say or hear what God had proclaimed. He chose to hear what the talking snake had said because this talking snake had convinced his wife. What was the temptation of Jesus? What did Satan tempt Jesus with? Jesus was hungered. He had been 40 days fasting. Jesus' body was hungry. So he tempted him with food. And he said, change these stones into bread. Instead of trusting in the word of God. And this is what Jesus said. He says, I have food to eat that you know not of. Then he, test, then he tempted Christ with pride. Prove that you're the Son of God and cast yourself down from this pentacle. Then he tempted him with all the kingdoms and all the riches of the world. He said, I will give them to you if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus chose the word. He chose the word of his Father. Look at Matthew 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward in hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Most people believe that the sin of the temptation with Christ was about the external things, about making stones into bread. That was what the sin was wrapped up in. But the wrapping that was to get his attention, the sin was not to try, the sin was trusting in what the Father had said. How powerful is that? Just a few verses before, God the Father had spoken when, when he was traveling down the road, and he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And now Satan comes along and says, if you are the son of God, well, Jesus chose to believe what the father said. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Instead of what Satan said, show me that you are the son of God. Jesus chose to believe what the father had said. Powerful. If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. The real temptation, the real sin, was not to turn the stones into bread. There is no sin in turning stones into bread. The real temptation was prove that you're the Son of God by turning these stones into bread. Powerful. You see, it all comes down to one thing. What the devil is doing to you and how the devil is maneuvering you. Are you going to believe the promise that has been given to you by the, by the word of God? Are you going to believe the word of God? Or are you going to believe what the devil or somebody else has to say about you? Here Christ is 40 days without food, and here comes the cleanser. Are you going to believe what the Father said 
or what Satan said. Same thing in the Garden of Eden. The sin was, there was no sin in eating of that tree. The sin was that they stopped believing in what God had to say and started believing in what this talking snake had to say. They started believing in their own wisdom, in their own philosophy, in their own feelings, in circumstances and situations. And that, beloved, is a multitude of God's people today. They didn't believe in what was best for them in the garden. Instead, they believed that the best was being kept from them. And what they do, they leaned on their own understanding. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. The way that Satan tempted Jesus is exactly the same way that he tempts us. And he tempts us to not believe in the Word of God. He tempts us to believe that you're not prosperous. He tempts us to believe that you're not healed. He tempts us to believe that you're not delivered. And he tempts us to believe that for some reason we've committed sin and God is not pleased with us. Don't trust in the word of God, Satan says. Don't trust in the promises of God. Don't trust that God will guide you. Don't trust that God will lead you. But lean on your own understanding. You see, when we deal with any sin, we go about it from the wrong perspective. We go, we go about it with the wrong viewpoint. Because we look at sin, how it's wrong and how it affects us and how it affects our family, how we get this or that, or how it, it affects and abounds around us. Homosexuality is one of those things. We deal with it from the wrong perspective. Do you understand what is really wrong about homosexuality? It's the fact that from the beginning God said that it was not good for man to be alone and that he would make him a helpmate, and that helpmate would be woman. You see, the problem is, is that God made man so much like himself, just a little bit lower than the angels. And the problem is, is that many times man thinks that he is God. Man and woman were ordained of God. Marriage was ordained of God. The sin of homosexuality is not about what you do, not about how you act, not about how you think, and it's not about your preferences. The sin of homosexuality is about you overriding, denying, and coming to the place where you refuse to accept what God has ordained concerning marriage. And it's the same thing, and it's the same thing that is wrong with every concept of life where you refuse to adhere to the Word of God. And you begin to walk according to your sight, where you begin to walk according to your senses and about logic and about common sense and about all of these different things that the world and mankind have conjured up instead of listening and walking according to the Word of God. You see, this all funnels back to relationship with God. 
And this is how the Holy Ghost is going to reprove the world of sin. Based upon relationship. Not upon individual sin. It's based upon the best that God has for you. Instead of you rejecting the best that God has and going your own way. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today. Magnify and glorify your name. That's the holy name of Jesus Christ and salvation. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you for the opportunity to bring it once again. I give you all the praise and all of the glory. Your people will give you all the praise and all of the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, Amen. This is D.K. Gould with Rock Tower Truth. Go with God, and he will surely go with you.